Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text will actually be the epistle lesson today from Romans chapter 12. Have you ever heard it said, people don't like change? That might feel especially true in our Lutheran context. But the truth is, people change all the time. People change careers. They move houses. They have a kid or they decide to have more kids. They buy new cars. They make new friends. And many people like these changes. Many people are very happy with the changes. I think it's more accurately said, people don't like change they're not in control of. Things like a loved one passing away. Or the seasons changing, especially with how cold it's been lately. Getting fired or let go from work. Or your car breaking down. These are all changes we face in life that make us feel seemingly helpless. We certainly don't feel in control of these changes, do we? So yeah, I don't like them either. Now the church is undergoing some changes as well which some of you may like, some of you may not. And I don't mean just South Shore Trinity, but the church, the body of believers, especially here in North America in 2018. Again, it feels like things are changing, doesn't it? Do you like the change? Do you like the trajectory the church is on right now? Again, I don't mean just at South Shore Trinity. I'm guessing you would probably believe me if I told you that all mainline denominations in America have seen a decline in membership in recent years. In fact, I saw an article put out by Pew Research that said despite overall U.S. population growth between 2007 and 2014 of about 17 million people, the total number of mainline Protestant adults has decreased by roughly 5 million during that time, from about 41 million to 36 million in 2014. And that feels like a change we can't control. So obviously we don't like it. Plus, it breaks my heart that there are less and less people who profess faith in the Lord and Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. But these changes in the church are things we constantly deal with. Now, today we celebrate Epiphany. If you looked at the cover of your bulletin, you might be guessing we'd be celebrating the baptism of our Lord, which was another option for this weekend. I guess the uh, people at Concordia Publishing House didn't get the memo that we'd be on Epiphany here at South Shore Trinity. But celebrating Epiphany marks another change. It's the weekend that we transition from Christmas to a new season, a season we will be in until the start of Lent as we get ready for Easter. Today also marks the end of something else. Today is the last Sunday that we will be studying the plan. It's the last time I get to show you this graphic, I think. We've been walking through God's plan for salvation here at South Shore Trinity for the last year and a half, starting with Genesis and wrapping up with Jesus' death and resurrection. 
And these past two weeks, we've hit on some highlights from the epistles in, in Paul's letters to the early churches that he started on his missionary trips. And so you're left with this feeling of, okay, so now what? Where do we go from here? What's next? Or at least that might be a question that these early Christians were asking themselves after hearing the gospel for the first time. After hearing that God sent his son, Jesus, to come and perfectly fulfill the law, then die a sacrificial death, paying for the sins of all, that we who believe in him will be saved from God's wrath and judgment. Hearing that God is a God of love, who cares for his people and saves them when they're unable to do so on their own. That Jesus was the Messiah they were waiting for so long to come. And now that he came, they were saved in ways that were so much bigger than they were even expecting. So yeah, they were probably wondering, okay, so now what, Paul? Because all we've ever known is the Ten Commandments. Don't do this, don't do that, and if you make a mistake, well, then just go sacrifice an animal and hope that it's enough to save you from God's wrath. All we've known, Paul, is earning our salvation by what we do. And I love how Paul responds to this line of questioning. If you read what Paul writes to the early believers, you can see that the salvation that God's people enjoy is a given. It's a simple truth that God has saved them just like he saved you, just like he saved me. And so the Apostle Paul, especially here in our epistle lesson for today, he helps followers of Christ to know what that next step is. He helps them to understand how to apply this truth of God to their lives. He helps us to understand how we can apply it to our lives. And instead of being rid of the commandments, he keeps them. Because in him, God has told his people what he expects from us. However, Paul instead says it in the affirmative. In place of rigidly obeying every command God has given, instead of saying, don't do this and don't do that, he helps shed light on who Christians are and what Christians do. And he does this by helping people to finish the sentence, Christians are people who dot, dot, dot. Have you ever tried to finish this sentence? Christians are people who dot, dot, dot. Now, I would love to take credit for coming up with this sentence, but I got it from a professor at seminary named Tony Cook. And he got it from Luther's small catechism when Luther wrote, we should fear and love God so that dot, dot, dot. And Luther got it from Paul, like we see here in Romans 12. When teaching Christians how to read the Bible, I encourage a, a four-step process of pray, read, wrestle, pray. So when you get your Bible, the first thing you do is you pray. You ask God to be present. Then you read God's Word. And then that th third step, you wrestle with the text. And you see what it has to say to your life right now. And then you end with another prayer, thanking God for being present in that study, thanking him for helping you to grow in your faith. But it's during that third step, that, that wrestle step, that I encourage Christians to try to come up with an end of the sentence based on what I just read 
Christians are people who dot, dot, dot. So if you look again at Romans 12, and you can find it in page 5 and 6 of your bulletin, I'm guessing that you will find a lot of good answers, a lot of ways to end the sentence, Christians are people who. And many of them will be great answers. Many of them will speak to maybe some personal failings in life, or maybe they'll encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit works in each and every one of your hearts as you interact with God's Word. In my own personal study, in my own four-step process of pray, read, wrestle, pray, there is one way that floated to the top more than any other way for me to complete this sentence. Christians are people who, and I found the answer for myself in verse 2, which says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and pure. And so here's how I completed the sentence. Christians are people who are transformed by God. We are transformed by the renewal of our minds, minds renewed by the truth of who God is and what he has done for us. We are transformed by the renewal of our minds, learning what our God expects from us. In short, we are transformed by God. And by being transformed, in being changed by God, changed whether we like it or not, God continually shapes us in our words, in our thoughts, and in our actions. And by that, we will be able to discern the very will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. By being transformed by God, by being changed by Him. Paul then goes on in Romans 12 to help people to know that they're at least on the right track or not. He gives hints as to what right living looks like by loving your neighbor and being humble about it, by serving God with the spiritual gifts he's given to us. And by doing all of that, we then present our bodies as living sacrifices to God, which is our spiritual worship, like it says in Romans 12, verse 1. Now, I firmly believe that God loves you too much to be done helping you grow into the Christian he wants you to be. God loves you too much to be done helping you grow into the Christian he wants you to be. A Christian who not only believes in the salvation won for them by Jesus on the cross and the new life granted by Jesus breaking out of that tomb on Easter morning, but a Christian who then lives their life reflecting that truth and love in the conversations they have each and every day, in the actions that take place when nobody is looking, and in the thoughts we have about other people known only to God. And he does this by his word. So may we, being transformed by God, present our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual worship. Worship like the wise men did that first epiphany, who fell down and worshiped the little Jesus. 
May we not be conformed to this world, but allow God to transform us in ways we didn't even think were possible. And by so doing, bring to him, our Lord and Savior, honor and praise. Amen.